Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers for the Athletic, and today Jordan is at Darlington Raceway, where he's just thrown it all the way back to uh, I don't know last week in terms of excitement, uh, at least and drama and controversy. Uh, Ross Chastain, <laughs> once again, center of attention. I'm here in Colorado at home. But uh, yeah, another another fun uh, fun race to talk about here, Jordan. Content king. That's what he is. He's the content king. I mean, I don't know what else you could say. It almost feels like you don't need to start watching a NASCAR race until like the last 30 or 40 laps almost. And because everything else that really happens before that doesn't really matter. It feels like you're going to get a late restart or something of that nature. And there's probably going to be an incident on the racetrack and that's probably what you're going to be talking about because this race for the most part was not a race that there was a lot going on. And then the last, what, 20 laps, 15, whatever it was, that's all anyone's going to be talking about this week. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were messaging me, um, you know, as the laps were winding down (laughs) there, you're like, I don't know what what we're going to talk about after this. And then uh, all of a sudden Ryan Newman has his incident and You know, cautions breed cautions, cautions breed uh, controversy and drama. And, and especially when you've got Ross Chastain in the middle of all this fighting for the win and you're like, okay, yeah, this is just, you just at this point, you just sit back and kick up your legs and be like, give it to me. Yeah. It's what's he going to do next? What's going to happen? I mean, good or bad. What's, what is going to happen with this guy? Exactly. You know what I mean? And I, I said this on Twitter at the time, but I mean, you can't turn away. And, and again, when you think about it, like, so I, each week I write this column after the race called the top five column. Right. And I've tried to section it off this year. And the, uh, the second item each week is main character. You know, we all see on online that somebody has like the main character syndrome or whatever, where like they're the center of the story, um, no matter what happens. Right. And no matter who was going to win this race today, it became obvious in the, you know, that by the final laps, the main character once again was going to be Ross Chastain. You know, he, he gets into it with Truex, although that seemed like it was Truex's fault from, yeah. from my view, um, at the end of the stage when they're racing hard, um, you know, Kyle Bush's team is telling him, you know, when they're, when they're going to race hard on a restart, cause Kyle Bush was pissed at him for whatever again. And they're saying, Hey, don't let him drag you into something here. Don't let him, you know, get you on this. Um, you know, and then Kyle Bush basically ends up getting himself in the wall while trying to chase Chastain. Um, you know, I, I, again, and Larson, I mean, they, so on, so they, they had two restarts earlier or, you know, at least in terms of the Larson Chastain part of it, um, Chastain did his thing where he leaves exactly one lane 
right? And no more, like, which is what Noah Gregson was so pissed about at Kansas, right? He didn't, which is what he should do, by the way. That's, that's racing extremely hard, right? So like, yeah. you know, we're the win in the closing lap. Sure. So the next time, you know, the, a couple restarts later, um, because that, that first one wasn't, you know, necessarily for the win or in the closing laps, but so he's, you know, Ross comes on the radio and says, all right, so, um, you know, what do we think is, is you know, the five is probably going to try to take revenge here, um, and do the same thing to me in turn two, which he did. Larson put him in the wall the next time, kind of brush, brushed him into the wall. So then, you know, the, then the caution comes out again and, um, you know, they've got this incident where it's like, okay, you know, it turned out Ross was viewed as the race leader, barely ahead of Larson. So he's getting to pick that lane choice. Okay. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to take bottom because if Larson, if I give Larson the bottom, he's going to do the same thing. Larson knows, okay, Ross is going to try to come up. He's probably going to try to squeeze me. He's going to leave me very, 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 very little room. Like he might not make contact, but he's going to leave me very little room. So they go down in there. Larson knows that Ross knows that. And I think Ross just made a little bit too much of a mistake there. Got into Larson. Larson's so mad that he stays in the gas plowing after they wreck driving Ross all the way down the front stretch or the, you know, into the, in, in the turn. Um, and, uh, you know, you could hear on the wreck as I, I had Ross's radio on Brandon McReynolds is going still pushing uh-huh. you, still pushing you, still pushing you, still pushing you. Cause I mean, Larson was just pissed and just, Oh yeah. You His know. crew chief was might've been pissed even more. Oh way. yeah. Yeah. Cliff Daniels. So, um, you know, look, uh, but but were we was anybody surprised? Absolutely not. Like nobody was surprised that an incident happened right there um with Ross and Larson. Um you know, I mean that's we are going to uh, Ross is the center of the universe right now, like in terms of the of the NASCAR world. All roads go through Ross. It was the same thing last year. Um and so he is the main character these days. You know, he hasn't for somebody that hasn't won a race in over a year um, to be this have this prominent of a role is is pretty astounding. But at the same time, he's the points leader. He's in contention seemingly every week. He's getting in, involved in something every week. Um, again, you know, we sometimes not his fault. Sometimes it is his fault. Uh, seems more often than not, he has something to do with it. But uh, we are all talking about him right now, and um, it doesn't seem like <laughs> he's going to be stopping anytime soon. Don't you think? No, no. It's just, it's funny because just this week, Kyle Larson on his podcast said, you know, pretty nice things about Ross Chastain. He, you know, he's basically he, he the most popular driver. He hasn't really had an issue with them and, you know, nice things. And then this week it's like, oh, check that one off. There's another guy that's mad at, you know, Ross. It's like you're, the list of guys who are probably mad at Ross versus the guys who aren't mad at Ross is probably skewed quite heavily one direction. And, it's just it's just interesting to watch this kind of unfold, and it's interesting because Rick Hendrick was in the in the press conference afterwards, and he was asked, you know, you know, what do you think about this? And he's like, Ross needs to change, and that he can't continue to race this way, and that you can't win a championship this way. I said it again, I'll say it again, like I, I think he can, like he's doing it. He's doing this for the last year and a half. He almost won the championship last year racing this way, like unless somebody's going to go out there and deliberately wreck him just to wreck him, then I, you know, maybe, but 
you do that, then you open up a box on reaper, you know, what penalties you bring from NASCAR. And I don't know if that's something that everyone's really willing to accept. And, you know, this is, this is working for us. I can't tell you this enough. Like it is working. Like, yeah, he didn't win the race today. He hasn't won a race in over a year, but he's almost won a lot of races. He's the points leader. He's got a great average finish. He's winning stages and all of these things. Like he's doing the things he needs to do to put himself in championship contention. And, you know, maybe there's there's a price to be paid later at some point, but Joey Logano was a guy who had a similar rap sheet at one time as Ross Chastain did, and Martin Drex Jr. at Martinsville, and Martin swore vengeance on him and it wasn't going to win the, the damn war. What happened? Logano won the championship. So I, I just think that to say that you can't win a championship this way, I, I don't think is accurate. You know, you talk about working for him. I mean, this guy got on the Pat McAfee show this week. I mean, that's that's NASCAR's <laughs> dream, right? To have their drivers on on that show in particular um, and to get in front of that sort of mainstream sports audience. Um, and, you know, like this is a guy that he's he's getting people to talk. Like we've been talking about NASCAR needs, you know, sort of some juice. They need a driver that's going to get people talking. Um, they've got it. They've got it right they got now. One. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and more and more people are learning about him. Um, you know, it, it's just, again, it's like every week. And I think that that is what, you know, when you're, if you're NASCAR, right, you, you don't really care either way. You, you don't, you don't need to have a stance on what he's doing. All you know is that he's make he's getting people to talk. Right. And so for you as a series, if you're trying to build your narrative from week to week to week, you know, sort of the old soap opera on wheels that, we used to talk about, but it hasn't really been as much of a thing uh, the last few years or, or even decade in, in some cases, but Ross is throwing it back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you, you are tuning in every week and you're like, well, what now? What's he going to do now? You yeah. don't know. You don't, you don't know. He's he, going to he be bad at him this week. He could have won uh, this week. I mean, and, and still like, um, and you get it from the, the, the standpoint of the competitors that are frustrated with him. I mean, Cliff Daniels saying on the radio, he's taken us out of three races now, Chevy, you know, because you, you talk about, okay, this race, Larson could have won hit. If, if Larson gets raced cleanly there in theory, maybe he beats Chastain off the top set. Whoever wins that battle, if that's a clean battle and there's no more cautions, they're probably going to drive away. And that's the end of the race. Okay. So that's potentially one win for Larson Dover. Larson was, you know, he hadn't, established himself. He was pretty early in the race, but he was coming pretty fast. He looked like he had a pretty fast car. And, you know, obviously the Brendan pool incident happens, goes up, takes out Larson. Um, that, you know, again, you, you feel frustrated if you're Larson and, and his team for that. Um, I don't know if you want to count the Talladega type situation, but you know, I don't know. I, I assume that's the third race. Um, maybe that they're talking I about. I would think so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a super speedway race, but still they're like, Hey, like what the heck? So, you know, um, it's, uh, I, I get it from their standpoint. I get Rick Hendricks saying, Hey, this guy's too aggressive. Um, but you know, from the same standpoint, if you're Chastain, you haven't won in over a year, you're going in there. You have a chance to clear Larson. If you, if you are able to hold it there and pinch him a little bit and cut off his line and, and, drive away. You just won at Darlington. Uh, you're in the playoffs. You, you increase your points lead. You, you get a lot of people off your back saying, Hey, look, I won, you know? 
Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't work out for him. Uh, a mistake. And, and here's the thing too. I, and I, I think people have pointed this on Twitter. So I, first of all, I, I don't think he, you know, some people on Twitter are feeling like, Oh, he does this intentionally. He's wrecking. I, I, I completely reject that. There's no, there's no, there's why, why would he in that situation racing for the win say, Oh, I'm going to go physically wreck somebody to try to pass them for the win at that point. No, he's trying to, he's trying to race them super, super, super hard. And he's overstepping the line and making a mistake. Yeah. Is that, is that fair assessment in your mind? I 100% agree that he, I, I think he has like almost a miscalculation of how far he can go. And it's a little too far. And it's not like he's deliberately turning people and running into people. I don't even think the Brendan Poole thing at Dover was him intentionally turning the 15 car. It was much like Hamlin at uh, Richmond. He just misjudged it in the closing speed and got into him. This is just a driver who is naturally aggressive and goes forward. And he sometimes, often, more often than not, uh, just puts himself in bad spots because of that aggressiveness. This isn't somebody who goes out and looks for trouble. It's just kind of like you put yourself in that position, trouble is going to find you. And that's more often than not what happens. And so, you know, there's, there's a line, there's a, I think there's a distinct difference there, right? It's not somebody going out and saying, I'm going to wreck the field. It's mm-hmm. somebody who's making mistakes. Now, then you can argue, okay, well, you're, okay, you're, you're making a little bit too many mistakes now because of your, your aggressiveness, maybe you're overstepping. Um, and this is why people are mad at you. Larry Mack said that he was watching the data. You know, he says this on FS1 afterwards and on the post-race show and where he could see that William Byron lifted a little bit on that restart to get his car set and drive off the corner. He noticed that Chastain floored, you know, never lifted, never comes off the gas uh, on that restart with Larson. And, you know, he gets tight and wrecks himself and Larson. Uh, you tried to go talk to Larson afterwards. Sounds like no dice. So we don't no, know how he, he feels he was, about that. No, I mean, it was pretty obvious. He was mad. I mean, he was walking down pit road and he had a expression on his face that looked like he was pissed, like understandably. And he would, didn't, he declined. He just shook his head. No, uh, tried to talk to Cliff Daniels. Cliff didn't want to talk about it either. And I get it. Like, and you look even beyond Larson, like in the, or these incidents with Chastain from Larson's perspective, it's like Denny Hamlin last week. I mean, these are, we're talking three, four races this year where they probably should have win, have, have won, and they didn't. And it's, you know, that's, that's frustrating. And I guess the good thing is that you continually put yourself in these situations to possibly win races, but you're letting them get away. And it's, it's, it, that can end up costing you in the big picture. Sure. Right. I mean, you take, okay. Like you can, like your point going back to Kansas, for instance, right. Um, which I think, again, I think that was hard racing with the Hamlin thing, but let's say it goes Larson's way, five more playoffs points right there. Let's say today goes Larson's way, five more playoff points right there. Let's say Dover, he ends up winning. You know, we don't know what happened potentially. So you can even take, (laughs) you can even take just a couple of these and that's 10 more playoff points right there. I mean, this is. And, and also you're moving higher up in the standings when you're not getting yep, wrecked. And you've got a chance to win the regular season championship. Yep. Yeah. Because you know, he, he leaves today finishing 20th. So you're giving away lots and lots and lots of points. And we know that these are the kind of situations that can come back in the playoffs as well. You can be running great in the playoffs, but you have one bad race and you could have used those playoff points. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more than just, man, I, I would have liked to win that race. It's we're, costing ourselves you know is this going to hurt us in a championship run um so yeah i i totally get the frustration from everybody i just think that 
look, this is, uh, he's not going to change. I, we're not going to see Ross Chastain change how he races. So do you want to adapt and deal with it? Or, you know, I, and I don't know how you do that, but I mean, I, it's fascinating to me to hear when you hear Kyle Busch, the, you know, a, a veteran guy who's been around being coached up, Hey, don't let this guy draw you into doing something <laughs> stupid, run your race, let him do his thing. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, to have to, to have to remind he's Ross is in everybody's heads. Oh, right now. hundred percent, hundred percent. I was going to make this point. Like, I mean, that's a great point. And that's a great example of, he is got a guy, a two-time champion who should be above all of this. And he's, he's thinking about this. Kyle Larson, who is arguably the greatest race car driver in North America and one of the world is consumed with this. And to some degree where it's like, he's thinking about this probably on restarts and his crew chief is obviously thinking about it. And this is, Danny Hamlin. I mean, you, the list goes on, and you could probably throw Truex on that list of guys that are always thinking about what, what is Ross going to do here? Is Ross going to you know mess me up, or how what well, how is Ross going to hurt me here? And it's like you start doing that, you end up hurting yourself, and Ross doesn't hurt you. It's like he is he's this is Ross's world, and everyone's living in it right now. Exactly, exactly. I mean, again, all roads run through Ross, and and it's. You know, William Byron in his post-race press conference, he got a couple questions about, well, what, you know, what were you thinking on these restarts with these guys in front of you? Or are you thinking, you know, that last restart, are you thinking, you know, that, uh, or not the last restart, but you know, because that was the one with Harvick and, and Byron, but the second to last one where they wrecked, what's your strategy there? And he said, yeah, we talked about it. We talked about what's going to happen here. What's the, what is the scenario that's going to play out? Um, so, you know, he's, he's just like, okay, yeah, these there's a very good chance that Ross might get into it with Larson. He's probably going to try to run him high at the very least. So if I kind of stay low as possible, I mean, so this, the, even the other drivers in the field are having to calculate what Ross is going to do. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's just a different, I think it's a, a very different dynamic than we've seen because so many different people feel affected or impacted by one driver's sort of actions because he, he brings something so different um, it's just fascinating to watch again. I, I think, you know, we're, we're sort of in the same boat as, as like a NASCAR would be right where we don't, we're neutral on what happens. We don't care because we're, we're covering this, right? So we're not, we're not saying, Oh, this just shouldn't happen. You know, we're, we're just waiting back, sitting back and seeing what's going to happen. Um, and it's just, it just keeps you so interested. I mean, it's just, it's just so intriguing because we, again, this, these situations don't come along even every few years where, um, I mean, I think you could argue that Kozlowski's early days again, were were probably similar yeah. to this. Um, you know, maybe a, some of Kyle Bush's stuff at times, maybe Logano early days, raw Logano. There, there was a stretch there between like, it was like a Penske versus Gibbs war. Where you had Logano and Keslowski versus, uh, really it was what Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and um, Denny Hamlin, and and you know you, you had all of that going on, and there was various, and that extended over a you know two three year stretch, and obviously culminated with what happened at Martinsville, and it was like it just, and then you had Keslowski jumping, you know, or Kenseth jumping Keslowski at Charlotte, and you had all of that, it's just like that was always kind of there for a while, and so. That's the, the thing I would compare it to the most. And for me, for t- president of Team Chaos, this is fast. This is great. This is this is awesome. We're loving this. 
gives us something to talk about every week and people are interested and like, bring it on. You know, it, Larson's point on his podcast, maybe he feels differently now, was, <laughs> you know, he feels like, um, that Ross is, is owning it. And, and Larson was like, Hey, I, I, I kind of love it, you know? And, and that he thinks that that would resonate with people who are, are watching And, and you know, um, Nando DeFino is our fantasy sports slash betting editor here at the athletic. And, and we do a preview piece with him every week where he asks us questions about the race and he, you know, so he's, he's sort of the casual NASCAR fan, right. Who has, you know, he's, he's gotten into it based on what we're telling him and what, what we're, our answers are each week. Um, so, you know, he's, he's tried to learn enough about NASCAR to, you know, know enough to ask us the questions, but also he's very new to the sport and he's, he's so fascinated by Chastain. Like what is going on with this guy? Like I, you know, and, and again, so I think that draws in sort of the casual fan. That's something that NASCAR can market again. Like I get, if you're a fan of a different driver and you don't like how he races and you're tired of this guy. Okay, sure. You're absolutely, but other people love it. Oh, he's going to be so aggressive and he's not going to give cut anybody any slack. And he's just going to take what he, they love that too. Um, you know, maybe, you know, if, if you're more of a Chastain fan, but either way, it's getting harder and harder for people to feel any sort of middle ground about this guy. You're starting to feel very one or the other. And so, um, that's again, I feel like that's good. That's good for NASCAR. So just fascinating. Sports Sports are better when you've got villains, when you've got people to root against and Ross is that villain. And maybe it's not a role he wants, but it's the role he's been, he's put himself in and, he is owning it to some degree. You can see, I think last week was a telltale sign of he wasn't as apologetic for the Noah stuff. He was like, I put him in a, a one lane spot and I'm not, you know, that's what my job is. And I'm not going to apologize for that. And he, he owned it afterwards and he kind of owned his own sense. And, you know, he, he apologized today, but I think he'll say like, I'm going to be aggressive and go for the win. I'm not going to change what it is. And I think there's going to be I don't be a really think he of- apologized today, to be honest. I didn't hear, I'll be, I'll fully admit to like full disclosure. I didn't hear the interview. I've just, what I heard was that he, you know, did apologize or said I messed up or whatever. Well, so, yeah. I mean, I think maybe he it said, wasn't a, maybe it wasn't an apology. It was a more of a, Hey, yeah, that's not, that, that's my fault. He said, I was trying to squeeze him and I didn't mean to turn myself across his nose and wreck, yeah. wreck myself. But he didn't go, he didn't say anything like, Hey, I'm really sorry to the five team and to Kyle Larson for that. No, no, nothing. No. He's just like, <laughs> Yeah, oh, I didn't man. mean to do that. He's like, I was definitely trying to squeeze him and put him in a terrible situation, essentially, though. Yeah. Um, but that's what that's what Larson expected. I think that's um what everybody would expect at this point from Ross. So um yeah, this guy, I'm not totally buying all the straight up Dale Earnhardt Sr. comparisons, uh, you know, the intimidator type intimidator type stuff, but um I can see where it would be tempting to draw some of sure. that. Um, Blue collar. Yeah, absolutely. That's the other part of this too. It's like the guy is not like some, um, you know, entitled brat or something who has just bought his ride and is driving over his head and not, not caring about his equipment or whatever, and just wrecking people or whatever. Like, and he's not making uh, these bombastic comments and calling people out in the media or things like that. Like he gets out of the race car and he's just kind of like, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, he's, he's probably about as every man as you can possibly get, like in terms of the grinder who truly mm-hmm. had his work, his, work his way up. And, and, you know, we've talked, he's so 
down to earth. Like he's because he is, he doesn't have sort of that air or that sense of entitlement. Um, he's a very different personality for sort of a star NASCAR driver in a way. But, um, there's a, there's a big contrast there. It's, it's not totally unlike Joey Logano, although they're very different personalities, but where, you know, Joey Logano was super, super hard racer. And then he's so happy, go lucky off the track. Ross is not like some happy, go lucky, smiley guy necessarily, but he's like the gritty watermelon farmer, you know, paid his dues and everything off the track. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll do like the most weird sort of humble things that you're like, dude, you, you don't have to need to do that. Like you're a <laughs> cup driver, like, um, but you know, then again on the track, he, he just is so polarizing. So just, uh, and, and again, this, this is not going to be the last time. I mean, we're halfway through the regular season now and you're going to, we're going to be talking about him for a while to come. So this is not like, just like Kansas wasn't or whatever. I mean, it, it, it's not like this is the last time where we're just gonna be like, Oh, that was that story. And now everybody will move on. And, Oh, we haven't heard from Ross Chastain in a while. Nope. I mean, all-star race next week is going to be a great time for people. Was, to. <laughs> that was, what I was just going to say, it's like, you look at this. What's next week, Jeff short track, old school, short track race. It's going to be fun to watch. And I will say this, he's racing. Um, one of the, the two, the uh, grassroots series late model races at North Wilkesboro this week, which by the way, those races are filled with various cup drivers. Now I don't think off the top of my head, there's guys in those races that are too upset with him. Um, but you never know. And so I, I, so I think, I think next week's all-star race is going to be fascinating to see how he gets treated. And I think it's, um, there's the opportunity there. And you got to remember small field. It's just going to be all, all the guys like Truex, Hamlin, uh, Bell, uh, help me out here. The, the, the basically all star race field is filled with guys who are like all against him. So it's like he, there's going to be nowhere for him to hide in this short track with a very select field of uh, of guys that are pissed off at him. Yeah, I mean it'll be, you know, do do you dare use some of your retaliation on a, on an exhibition race or, um, you've you've stated that you didn't think that the Denny Ross thing from the Clash was worth retaliating for because that was an exhibition race. So if you use your, uh, if you wreck him or something, and then is that going to be able to carry over to a points race? You, you don't think you, so. No, I'll tell you this. I think there's guys now on this list who don't care. They don't care. It's not really eye for an eye. It's a, no, he got me once. I'm going to get him three times. You know, it's like, we want to make his life hell. And it's not just going to be a one week thing. It's going to be a multi-week thing. Is there any sort of like, is there any sort of thought that might go through his head? Like, so this is, this is what made me think of it. He's getting ready for a late race restart. And he's saying to his team, okay, so first, the first time he says, okay, so do we think that, you know, I think that Larson's probably going to get revenge on me in, in turn two from the previous thing. And then they're trying to figure out which lane to pick as he's the leader. And he's like, so do we think this is over? Like, is he going to view this as we're even now or not in some ways? Wouldn't it be easier to not have to worry about that? Like, and again, I'm oversimplifying it probably, but it, he has a fast car. He has a really, really fast car. What kind of position would you be in if you are not putting yourself in these spots? Like, yeah, is that a reasonable thing or is that just going to completely ruin how he races? 
No, I mean, the flip side of this, and I don't think it gets talked about a lot, is we talk about drivers, we talk about Larson leaving points on the table and potential wins, right? Chastain has an even lengthier list of wins that he should have had and points that he's thrown away than probably anybody else. I mean, you look at the number of laps led, you look at the finishes, his finishes this year has been up and down, but he gets stage points like crazy, and that's really been helping him, keep him up in the standings. Like, he should have, he hasn't won, I mean, it can't be stated enough, he hasn't won a race in over a year. But, and you go back to last year, right, there's five, six, seven races since Talladega last spring that he should have won, and it's just, it. this is just over and over again, and you wonder, Hendrick has got a long history of building fast race cars. Like, you know, like, come on, they're, they're going to be in, they may have like a down year, but they're going to be in the contention year after year. Same with Gibbs. Same with Penske. Like you, they have a lengthy track record, right? Trackhouse does not have that track record. Like they have obviously found something, and what they have built is incredible, and they're doing it for the last year and a half. But that's only a year and a half. There's no guarantees, or I would say not a confidence, but there's not the the same level of confidence that you would have in other organizations that they're going to be here in 24 and 25. So you kind of wonder, like, hey. Are you going to have the opportunity down the road? I thought William Byron, I kind of asked that question to William Byron today about wins and everything. And he's like, you know, we put ourselves in position and it kind of comes around, so to speak, right? Like, you don't know if Chastain's going to be able to do that because we don't know about Trackhouse. You're right. I mean, yeah, it's. I think it's fair to wonder, like, are they in a sense sort of letting some great golden opportunities go by where, yeah, again, we they haven't been around long enough and we certainly can't say, well, they're just going to be this strong forever. I mean, it's a great point that you make. So are we going to look back in three years and go, man, they really should have won more when they had the chance with those fast cars. They had fast cars every week and they weren't winning. Like, wow, what a missed opportunity. That's very possible. You know, look, the organization seems to be, you know, doing yeah. great and on the upswing. And, but we've seen this over and over again with even, you know the, remind, yeah, go ahead. I was just because you know, reminds me, I don't mean to cut you off. I apologize is it reminds me a little bit of the Everham cars back in the day, right? Like Casey Kane won six races and it felt like, oh my goodness, Ray worked his magic again. This is going to be the second coming of Hendrick. And then the next year they didn't win any races. And then from there, they were kind of up and down and they never really were able to recapture that six win season again. Like you call it lightning in a bottle, whatever you want. Trackhouse is doing it, but they're only doing it for a year and a half. And so you just don't know. This is what it reminds me of. Yeah. No, I think that's very fair. We, nobody stays on top of NASCAR for that long. I mean, we've even, again, like we've seen Hendrick have their down years, Gibbs. So, um, like, I mean, I, it's a great, great point that you raised. Um, and we'll have, to, we'll have to see. Only time will tell with that. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. So we've made it like about 30 minutes into this podcast, and we haven't really hardly talked about the win of William Byron. <laughs> it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's Ross, baby. It's the Ross <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, William Byron, now a series high, three wins. This is the most he's ever won in a season, and we're only halfway through the regular season. He is bringing fast cars, 
And what I think is interesting is here's a guy who had what a 60 point penalty. Um, he's back up now to fifth in the standings. He's only 42 points out. Um, he would easily be the points leader right now without that penalty. Um, they've pretty much shaken that off. He's getting his playoff points back. He's getting up back in the standings. Um, and again, it seems to be him and Larson with Elliot as like the third guy. Elliot ends up finishing third today, but Larson would have finished ahead of both them. You know, so um, Byron is really, it wasn't long ago where we were, it's like, ah, Byron's kind of like the fourth guy in a way, or, you know, like what's going on with Byron? Um, you know, he, they just don't seem to have it. Um, you know, a bit, again, there was a year, what, a couple years ago where Bowman won three races in a season and Byron had four. won four races. Okay, so there you go. I mean, so that's that's why I say, People are like, wow, what's what's Byron? Is he is he ever going to do anything? I mean, it seems like he's doing something now. Yes, and you go back to last year, and it felt like they they had two races really early on. Should have been a third here at Darlington this race, and it's not like their performance fell off a cliff. They were really good. They they should have won more races. They were in contention to win more races. They just had a lot of self destructive tendencies, had a lot of mistakes, bad luck, and they just never were able to get back. They still had a very good season almost made the championship four by the way and it just you know so it's like you're just kind of waiting though for byron to take that next step like you felt like okay he got that win first win and then he took that he won again the next year at homestead and it's like okay it's just kind of like a little bit of herky jerky and it kind of felt like that last year like you're okay man he's got two early wins he's running well like he's gonna be this is his coming out party like you know we saw larson do this we saw elliot do it this is byron's year and it didn't really happen but i say it confidently it does feel like this is Byron's coming up party where he kind of asserts himself and they look good and they look good just about everywhere. And that's the big thing is they are, they have speed in the race cars. There isn't like one track they're capitalizing on. Uh, and this is a really, really young driver who is still very much coming into his own. What I really like about Byron this year is the maturity is very much on full display. He's very, very calm. Think about the last couple of weeks, right? Like, I mean, you saw a lot of poise today. You know, there was two cars ahead of them. They probably weren't going to win. He's planning, okay, if this happens, you know, I need to be patient here. But last week, Kansas, right? Like where they were three laps down at one point and he never panicked. He kept his team in it. He kept himself in it. Um, and they were able to get all those laps back, finish third or whatever it was. And those are the signs of where, because a lot of times we see drivers or teams, like if, if one mistake, if something spirals down, they got a, you know, pit road speeding penalty, something, and the race is over, the race is ruined. Um, they can't recover from it or whatever. And Byron is keeping himself in it. He's keeping himself in these races and, uh, you know, he has speed too. So, it's uh it's an interesting situation. Um, I, I think that he's going to be a guy where it, it maybe took him a little bit longer than people would have thought. He came in very young, but he's clearly established now. And, and there's no doubt that when they get to the 100 greatest drivers list for the 100th anniversary, <laughs> that he will be on that list um, despite not making the cut uh, this time around. It's, he was touted very high when he came into the cup series as like the next great hander driver. And that's a lot of pressure, but he's handled it really well. He doesn't make mistakes. He rarely puts himself in bad positions. You even go back a week ago to Kansas. It's like, yeah, he, you know, he got into the wall and he got loose. 
like, you know what, that's a tough day. That's a tough track. And he still was able to, it's your point. And I think you're right. He doesn't compound things. Like he makes a mistake. That's the mistake. It's over with. It's not a spiral. It doesn't keep going sideways for him. And he he's able to push it aside. And his team, you know, he's got his handpicked group chief and Rudy there. And they have a really good rapport. And Rudy is really good at, at giving William what he needs. And those moments where things can seem like they kind of could bubble over for whatever reason, it's it's the voice in the ear of, of helping him keep calm a little bit. And last week's a perfect example. They go multiple laps down. It's like they just keep fighting. And that's that's a trademark of a team that is – that's how you win championships is with that kind of fight. And because when you get in the playoff, things are going to go wrong. You're going to find yourself in a spot where you're going to have to rally. And we've seen the great teams do that, whether it's Harvick, whether it's Larson when his season was. Um, that's how you win championships. I don't think we got a ton of clarity once again on Hendrick versus Gibbs today because no, no. Um, Larson was maybe going to win. Byron ended up winning, but Truex was the one that led the most laps. I was a little bit surprised Hamlin never got back up there, but he hit the wall early after he went, I think, yeah. I think through fluid. So yeah. um, maybe we didn't get the best test there, but Truex looked great. And then they, you know, I don't know if it was, I guess it's his mistake at the end, you know, racing Ross. I don't know why he tried to press it there at the end of the stage, I guess, for the win. But oh, And that was a rare moment, too, for Ross. Like, it seemed like he didn't want to uh, pass his teammate. It was kind of getting his teammate a little bit of a break there, if he could. And he kind of got out of his rhythm, which is a really hard thing to do here at Darlington. It seems like when you do that, you're going to put yourself in a bad spot. And he kind of did. And he, it allowed Truex to open the door for Truex, who naturally wanted to take advantage of it. And... You kind of wonder if it sounded like Chastain wish he could have done that over. And certainly I think probably Truex would have as well. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, so I still don't really know. And, and you still don't really know the order, but um, definitely seems like a, getting a group here uh, where you've got Byron Larson, Truex, I think you can throw in there, Hamlin, Chastain. And then what do you do with, what do you do with Elliot? I need to see more from him. Like he's not leading laps. He's not running up front. He's not in the mix for wins. You look at the finishing order today and you're like, oh no, he finished well. Like that was through attrition. That was just kind of picking your way through a lot of things. He was going to maybe leave with a top 10 finish, but that was not. You look at where the 24 and the five and how they're running and what they're doing on a weekly basis, leading laps, winning stages, putting themselves in position to win races and winning races. Elliot's not doing that. Now Elliot's, getting what he can out of his car, but they just don't have speed in the race car right now. There is a clear gap between the guys you mentioned. And then I would say, you know, the, 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 that next group. Yeah. I mean, you tried to ask him about that this weekend and <laughs> he basically got a little bit snippy and, and basically said, look at the, why are you asking me? Look at the scoring monitor. Yeah. So in, in other words, sort of like a, we are what we are kind of thing. Yeah. So and he's right. I mean, it is what they are. I mean, that is the truth. I mean, it's, you know, that's, gotta that's be not good, though, because that's that's surprising. No, it, it is surprising, and it's it's really not good because you got two teammates. You know, it's not just Chevrolet guys or whatever. It's two teammates in your house who are going out and doing this, who have multiple wins and are doing all of these things, and you're not. Now, you know, you also miss some races and everything like that, but I, I don't think that's the reason. Like, just they don't seem like they've got a ton of speed in the race car. You know, you're not hearing Chase – Chase seems fine. He's racing fine. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's a Chase Elliott thing per se. It's more of a 19 thing. Yeah. Very interesting. 
And again, we don't really have a complete picture because Bowman's been out. Barry is obviously still learning. Barry had a pretty bad day. He was finished yeah. nine laps down today. 30th place. Yeah. Um, so we don't really have a great full picture of what Hendrick's doing to really properly say, okay, this is where chase stacks up. Um, once I think, you know, Bowman comes back, but Bowman, I mean, he had a, a meeting with you and several yep. other reporters today. And, and, you know, I, I read the transcript of that and, you know, it's like, it sounds like he's in a lot of pain. I mean, uh, you know, if he is laughing, coughing, if he, if they drop the Jack, um, that's, it's all pain for him. So like, even if they go to a scan, he's getting a scan this week to see if it's healed up yep. and it's, it's a broken, it's upper, it's his upper back sort yep. of. Um, so he's at, he has mobility, he can walk around, but like, it doesn't sound, I mean, if you get in a wreck or you're getting a hit in a race car, it's going to be, that's not good. So I don't know how, if he's yeah. going to be able to come back anytime, like super soon and be, and be as good as he wants to be if he's in that much pain. Yeah. And you got to keep in mind too. I mean, you would think even if he could come back, if you're Hendrick, you're like, listen, is the all-star race matter? Like we just, you don't need to be out there. Like, yeah, it's good to come back and kind of work out the kinks if you will, but like big picture, let's, let's be smart here. And then you got the 600, which is not an easy race in and of itself. And as he said today, the, the thing that is he's most concerned about is pit stops is when the car drops off the jack that's that's gonna hurt his back and well when you got 600 mile race what do you have more of pit stops Good point. so you, you gotta wonder like is it advantageous for them to say hey maybe we're gonna ease our way back here at gateway and you know who knows but the longer you wait the bigger hole you are now i don't know what the point situation is like i haven't seen it yet today i will say going in today like they they, they, he hasn't dropped as far as I thought because a lot of other guys, Chase Briscoe, for example, uh, Suarez, have like had their sorted issues, and it feels like guys really haven't been able to capitalize and you know put him in a bigger point hole. He's still in a he was going into today in a pretty good spot where you look at it and say, he could still maybe make it on points and a little bit of a concern if someone below him wins a race or something, but still he's he's in a decent spot. But you don't want to be out for too long, though, either, because then it's going to be a must-win mentality like his teammate Chase Elliott's in. Yeah, so the scoring monitor for us, when we see it live and a driver's not in the race, they just leave it blank. So, I, And so, obviously, his name's not on here in the live points that we're looking at. So yep. what I see right now is 17th is blank. So I think he's 17th in points. Um, so that's really that's really not that far out of it. You know, as you said, there could be a chance to still race your way in on points. But I think the thing with the all-star race is you're uh, right, by the way, 17 in points. Okay. So mm -hmm. as, as Bob noted, you know, NASCAR is not going to let the number 48 car with the ally sponsorship, which is, you know, obviously important. They're not going to let them into the all-star race there. Josh Berry would have to race his way in mm -hmm. if they do. So I'm sure there's, you know, a little bit extra pressure of like, Hey, if you come back for the all-star race, you're in and your sponsor will be very happy that you're in. If not, mm -hmm. your, your car is going to have to race its way in through the open and it yeah. might miss the also race, which is North Wilkesboro. You don't want to miss that race. I mean, again, that's not, you don't want to put your health at risk, but you know, and then, and then if you have come back, you can't say, okay, I came back for that. And now I'm going to skip the 600. Yeah. I'm going to need a waiver for the next week. Yes. Right. So that's, how do you, how do you feel so, about that? How do you feel about NASCAR? Not, allowing a 48 car into the main event 
I without think that's the right call. This is the all-star race for drivers, not the all-star race for teams. Um, okay. because I, I haven't liked, I haven't liked situations before. I think it's happening like the sprint unlimited, you know, at slash now clash or whatever, uh, like at, at Daytona, I think it's been situations where haven't it, hasn't it been like some drivers have retired, um, mm-hmm. and they still like NASCAR still said, well, that car is still eligible. It's like, happened in the all-star race too. Yeah. Like Dale Jr. Yeah. retired or something. Yeah. And then so the next year they put, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they've, they've said, well, it's the team. We'll, we'll make sure your team's in. Yeah. I mean, um, when Bill Elliott broke his leg in like the 95 season, he was eligible. You're, for you're, the, going, you're going, you're going, you're going to, you're going to like 10 precedents ago. If you're talking I, about 95. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, they let, they let Harry Gant raise his car in the all-star. Race. I feel like there's been a more recent example actually of that. Um, but I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't have an issue with it. Like to me, it's a team sport, right? Like the 48 team won those ra- won that race to be eligible with Bowman. And it's an exhibition race at the grand scheme of things. And it's like, you know, it, it, you're not really hurting anybody by allowing him. It's not like putting him in the all-star race is kicking somebody else out. You know, you're actually, by putting him in the all-star race, you're actually opening up another spot for someone else. So I'm just like, I don't see... I don't see the negative in this at all. Well, I mean, there's, it's not a set. Um, no, I think you, you're, it's a smaller field, right? If you don't let him in, it's a smaller field. Yeah. But if you let him in, you're, you let him in, then you're also going to have someone else come in and probably advance from the all-star, the, the open man. And so you, you probably would have, you see what I'm saying? You'd probably have one additional spot in the main event. Like, who yeah. cares? Like, is that? Oh, I see. Well, I, I would, I do. I think it's better to have a smaller field. Personally, I like the more exclusive, smaller field where it's like an actual, you know, hard race to be a part of, and it feels like it's a big deal that you're in it. Uh, I think but the smaller the way. better for those. No, I they know, I know, but way. I'm saying yeah. like I, I, I'm yeah. fine not giving the team an invite because I want it to be like, I want to look at that and be like, yeah, these are the best people that earned it, not just to get, well, this guy got provisional for this or this guy's team or whatever. Like, no, you know what I'm saying? Well, it used so. to be the all-star race though. The all-star, and I, I don't know when they changed it. It used to be like the owner and the driver would qualify, you know? So like when a driver would leave his team, if he won a race with that team, that team, whoever they put in that car would also be eligible for the all-star. Yeah, I don't, race, I don't like you? that. I don't <laughs> like all the twisted rules. I just want it to be like, you know how they used to like try to twist the rules for like, the sprint unlimited and stuff to get Danica in. Oh yeah. Don't, you know? that's a whole, that's a whole different ball of wax. You know, I, I, like, I, I just hated that. Stuff. that that's, that's a little egregious, but in this, like in this instance, like Alex won that race. He won that race. Remember that, that rule, by the way, you know how they did that? Oh yeah. It was the pole sitter. Daytona 500 pole sitters also make yeah. the thing. Like yeah. if you're a pre- a past Daytona 500 pole sitter, you can make and this race. It, did Earnhardt get in because he was a Daytona 500 winner too, or something? There was... Well, I don't have a problem as much with. Okay, this guy won the Daytona 500 before, so he gets in. But if you won the Daytona 500 pole, you're in this race for life. Like, ugh. anyway, uh, we've we've gone way off track. Listen, there's a couple uh, controversial things that happen in this race that I want to get your take on. Oh boy, I asked NASCAR about both of them. So, oh. Okay, so speaking of Chastain. Um, there was one on the, one of the restarts versus Larson. I mean, TV talked about it too. It really looked like he might've jumped the restart. Um, and I think his team said something about it too. Yeah. Um, and Daniel said something about it. Um, 
NASCAR says they did look at that restart and they ruled it was a legal restart. So, um, there's that one, I guess they viewed, reviewed it. I mean, I'd like to, I wish I could go back and watch it right now as we're watching, doing the podcast, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I have, I would have to look at it again, but the other one that I really, this one I do have a problem with. So, um, there's a wreck that happens that big wreck. Hmm. Um, and they showed the in cars, um, Elliot Harvick Kozlowski. Yep. They were like very much in this wreck, like in it. Hmm. And in fact, NASCAR on their social media, on their, on their Twitter channel, they posted the in car. I, I went back and watched it a few times, um, before this podcast to prepare. I mean, Elliot gets in the wreck and like slows down. Like he, he is having to slow down because he, he was in a crash. Yeah. And then they were, he was, they were all able to maintain their position, um, to the point where Harvick restarts in the top 10 after that they showed Harvick's, uh, in car on, on FS one. I mean, he had two huge hits and slowed down. So, okay. So they, the explanation from NASCAR is they, they go off the previous scoring loop when the caution comes out. We know that they say that the car, all cars are supposed to lift. So like when Bubba Wallace, you know, Bubba Wallace afterwards was saying, yeah, I should have been ahead of some of these guys, Bubba Wallace, Harrison Burton, uh, they did not slow down, um, to NASCAR's judgment, I guess. So it looked like they were ahead and gained those positions when they really didn't. Um, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I just don't view it that way because I feel like it's not like Elliot and Harvick were slowing down because there was a caution. They were slowing down because they were in the caution. They were part they were of the, in wreck. the caution. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. not, they weren't like, Oh, well we're slowing down because we're being careful here. They got in a crash. <laughs> like yeah, they weren't able to maintain speed, which right. is the rule. And then you see on the in car, all yeah. these other cars go by them as they're, as they have crashed. Yeah. But then NASCAR says, well, the previous loop had you here. You're still rolling. So we're going to put you back in your positions. I just don't, I just don't think that that's right. I, I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but I personally don't think that. I mean, I, it, it seems like you go, it seems like it kind of fluctuates a little bit, right? Like you go back to Daytona last summer and Harvick was in that wreck and his, his stance was, I was able to maintain my position and then, but he was going so slow that he, they ended up dying. Now it didn't matter anyway. His car was beyond destroyed, but there was an argument there. It just seems like it's, I don't know. The, the consistency and how it's applied doesn't always seem the, the, as straightforward as it maybe should be. Yeah. And sorry if you're hearing any lag on the audio here. Um, the Darlington throwback internet uh, is not necessarily working with Jordan. It's dial up. It's dial up. <laughs> yeah. It's Speaking horrible. of which, well, I don't know how um, we're going to post this podcast next week from North Wilkesboro. <laughs> Speaking of old school uh, Ooh, internet, man. probably so. Yeah, we may be doing that one for my apartment. <laughs> yeah, uh, that might be. Uh, I, yeah, that I, might be a Monday podcast. I don't know. We'll we'll see what we can. That do. might be a Sunday at two a.m. at my apartment. We'll pour a stiff drink and uh, and do the podcast. Speaking uh, of which, where, where are uh, we going to celebrate your North Wilkes for next week? Yeah, see, we're we're already talking over each other. Birthday. Yeah, so you 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 said last week that everybody's going to meet <laughs> you because. You said the truck race was at night, and then we got a bunch of tweets saying, "Well, actually, the truck race is at one thirty, and I guess there's heats at night or something." Yeah, yeah, I screwed up. Yep, yeah, the heat races are at night; they shouldn't go late. So we need to figure out a spot to to make this happen. Okay, well, 
what are we, what are, what are people supposed to do? Watch the, watch our socials or something. We're just going to announce where we are. Or, I or guess that's the best thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm sorry. I thought my, one of my closest friends would plan my birthday party, Joe. Who? Who, who, who do I need to talk to? Who are your close friends? <laughs> the guy I'm looking at here. I'm just kidding. So you tell me, what are we doing for my birthday? No, I don't even fine. live there. Oh. You live there. I live in Colorado. What, how am I you supposed to know what's around Charlotte North Wilkesboro? Longer than I have. I've never been to Wilkes County and like hung out there. Been like, oh yeah, there's, there's, there's I'll tell you what, no, it's a great place to go no to Wilkes County. There's moonshine stills or something. No. I don't, I don't know what we're supposed to do. Uh, there's gotta be somewhere. There's gotta be somewhere in Statesville or Mooresville. We can go. Wow, back. That's where most people are staying. It sounds like. Okay. Wow. That's going to be a heck of a, all right. Anyway, we'll, we'll stay tuned. And if we're able to figure something out that we'll, we'll post on our. Well, the thing of it is too, is we don't know what time we're going to get out of the racetrack. We kind of have to play this by ear because why is there supposed we to be traffic or something? Getting... I don't think there's going to be a traffic. <laughs> it's not even just, I'm not even talking about that. I'm like legit. Well, that, that is legit. Um, the we don't know what the heats are going to bring. We don't know what the heats are going to be like. So I mean, we listen. <laughs> Chastain could be doing something again. Okay, we just don't know. We have to factor in. There's the Chastain factor. We have to take into into account here. Okay, we can't just so leave we it don't the know checkered flag of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't guarantee that. The, and then there's obviously the traffic too, which is. Uh, I, I, they they have a plan. They have a plan. I hope it works. Hey, look, here's here's another thing. Here's another thing. So. I was talking about this with with the tweet up for next week with Bob too. So there's no tunnel at North Wilkesboro, so we're going to be trapped mm-hmm. in the infield yep. um, it, whenever they open and close the gates. So um, like even if we wanted to leave right at the checkered flag, be like, all right, nothing happened. Let's go. We got to get to Jordan's birthday party. We're going to be like, uh, we got to wait till they open the gates. By the time they open the gates, we're in the traffic. So oh, there's no there's no escape. I mean, it's. Can we just have a tailgate in the parking lot with all the other people that are in the traffic? And then Yeah, you know, that's actually a really good idea. See, now you're doing what a good friend should do and put your thinking cap on. That's a really good idea. Well, I, I like know. that idea. I don't know where we're gonna meet people, but all right. Well, listen, we're we're we'll 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 think about it. Um right. you know, there was a lot of uh other interesting finishes from today. I mean, you had um Harrison Burton got a much needed sixth place finish, Justin Haley uh p8 chris busher rallies to p10 todd gilland was in seemed to be way out earlier and uh he finished p11 good for him um that was yeah, a great I mean, run for him by the way kozlowski uh you know keeps running well harvick you know he was up there but he did have that damage and um that was probably as good as they were going to get um you know byron just kind of blasts by on the top side there so any, any of those that i just ran through jump out at you or anything a um, couple things. One, Harrison Burton needed that top 10 finish. Like he's had moments where it's like, okay, it looks like Harrison's kind of figuring this out. And then he's had other, mo- a lot of moments where something will happen to derail that good run. And he needed this in a big way. I'm not saying his ride was in jeopardy or anything, but there is not, there's questions about next year with him, right? You don't know. And this is a nice reminder of, Hey, I can do this and, you know, keep me in that car. And then um, Todd Gillen, like, I feel like I'm, I'm driving his bandwagon, but I mean, this guy just keeps just knocking out good finishes and doing the things that he needs to do. I don't know if it's going to be at front row. It may be front row. I know they like him a lot, but wherever he ends up next year, they're going to get a really good driver who's going to who's going to be who's talented and in the right situation, I think, could do some things. Here's what's interesting to me. So 
Todd Gillen again, and I know we've we've been hyping him up, but he is now one point behind his very veteran teammate Michael McDowell in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd Gillen ahead of Corey LaJoy in the standings, ahead of Justin Haley in the standings, um, ahead of Eric Jones, Eric Almarola, AJ Allmendinger. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, like, and it's not it's not something we expected necessarily. So I, I think it's worth at least highlighting, like, hey, the guy is making the most out of what he has, despite being a young driver. It feels like anyway. So, yeah. Um, what else, what else from this race jumped out at you? I love Darlington. I mean, like I know the first part of this race or the first course of this race, maybe wasn't the most exciting, but it was still darling. It still felt good. It was still competitive. It was fun to see tire wear and guys running the wall. And I just, it's just cool to come back here and race. I, I really do. Like this is quintessential NASCAR and I know it sounds hokey or whatever, but this is just a great track. What did you think of the Larson Nemechek thing? Was that oh, uh, dirty or no, hard racing? God, that was hard racing. Come on. Those are two guys racing for the win. Like, I don't know what Larson could have done that. I and mean, the only thing Larson could have done in that situation is back off completely. And I don't think that's fair for him to, to expect him to do that. I know he's not racing for points. I know he's racing a guy who's racing for points, but like he's, it's, it's a, it's reasonable to expect him to race hard and clean, which is what he did. He just raced a little too hard. He got into the wall and they made contact. Like, I don't know what you, what, what are you supposed to do there? Like just back off and say like, Hey, here's the win. Yeah. I don't think that's how I think, I don't think that's how John Arnuchek wants to be raced. Well, and, and I think too, I mean, look, people spent all week and you wrote a great story, uh, you know, celebrating the, the Kurt Busch, Ricky Craven thing. And then you can't turn around and say, Oh, look, this is like the most legendary finish. Um, here's a finish that kind of has some of the same elements, but Mm -hmm. we don't like that. No, absolutely not. He shouldn't have done that. Like, I think John Hunter took it really well. And, um, you know, I give kudos to him for how he, he sort of handled that in the post race and saying, Hey, it was hard racing. Um, I also think from John Hunter's view, that looks good for him because you just went toe to toe in a super hard battle that took a lot of skill and talent with like a driver that a lot of people think is like the, one of the best in the world, as you said earlier in this podcast. Um, and like, I think John Hunter, yeah, he ends up coming out on the wrong end of it, but like, it looked pretty good for him. Like, Hey, he can go toe to toe with this guy. Like, that's a nice little resume thing to me. Like. Uh, I agree. Like, so. I think he's done, he's done a really good job of kind of reasserting himself a little bit. Like you can talk about how he dropped on the truck series and I, the first year in the truck series, he did a really good job year two, you know, maybe not so much, but he has gone to the Xfinity series and he's doing exactly what he needs to do, which is win races, run up front and, and be dominant. And that puts yourself in a conversation to potential future opportunities with good cup teams. And I think that's exactly what I, that I know that's what he's doing. All right. Uh, I, I don't know. Is it time for the, was a good race poll or no? Let's do it. All right. Well, I ended up, uh, winning last week because I was a little bit more optimistic than you were about Kansas. Um, Kansas, I mean, it was sort of right in between our guesses, but I, I barely won. It was very, very close. I think it was less than 1% that I won by, but, um, yeah, I mean, Kansas got a, a great rating this one. I don't know. I mean, as you said, um, you know, a lot of this race, I mean, stage two had no cautions. Stage one was completely dominated by one driver. Are people going to penalize that or are people just going to be sort of like thrilled by the finish and sort of the craziness at the end? Um, 
Darlington does usually seem usually seem to deliver. So Darlington has a positive, you know, sort of mindset in people's, you know, they, they have a good image of it. So I think it's going to be in the eighties. I do. Mm. Um, it's just where, where does that land? Um, so I think I might just go maybe with like an 84 here. I'm not sure. I almost feel like that's a little bit low, but that was just my initial take. So 84 wow. for me. That's oh, much you think higher I'm being than... too high. Oh shoot. Uh, oh, no. Shoot. Yeah. I'm, so I'm actually going to recalculate nine cause I was going to do 70 initially. Oh, 70, seven, zero. Yeah. I don't really? know. I, I just, Oh gosh. Yeah. I think people are like, Oh, this is not, well, you're, you're winning the season. So I'm not going to question you whatsoever. So I, now no, I feel like I'm you're... okay. I, I just have a hard time imagining this is going to hop top over 80. Like I think I'm going to hedge. I'm going to hedge. I'm going to say 77%. Okay. 77 for you. Yep. 84 for me. Now I'm really doubting myself, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I think it was a good race. I mean, I was entertained once again, so perfectly acceptable. No, I no, 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 no. I think to see if it was perfectly acceptable, I would knock it in the seventies or whatever. Oh, I think this was I, good. I think it was a good race. I, no, you know, I mean, I, it was. It, I mean, Truex kicked everybody's butt in stage one. He had a five second lead. Yeah. Um, stage two was was okay. It just I don't know. It was. It, it just. I mean, I, well, you talked about the beginning of the show with thirty laps or forty laps to go, whatever it was. Like we were sitting here having this conversation of like, okay, what the what are we talking about here? And so yeah, well, I'm not saying there was there wasn't like a drama storyline in terms of like, but I think that factors into what it was. And yeah. So I right, and especially coming off a race like Kansas where everybody's like, Hell yeah, that's that's what oh, sure. Like I'm not saying this was an epic race. No, like no, that, no, but, but I just yeah. think there's a there's even be a little bit more of a letdown. And so I think that's okay. why. I eh, we'll see. I, I I will say I am fascinated to see what this does. I don't think it's gonna be lower than I don't think it's gonna be some bad number, but I'm curious to see how people view this because this is also the quintessential all people are gonna be talking about is the race. Are they gonna be voting or the finish? Are they gonna be voting on the finish? Are they gonna be voting on the whole body of work? I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Uh well I guess that'll wrap things up then. You don't have any, anything. I feel like we're missing something. No throwback paint uh, schemes. You like him? You like yeah, him? Oh yeah, what's the, him well, here's a question. Are you in favor of throwback weekend? Uh, There's only one acceptable answer to this. Don't, don't do this. I don't, I feel like there are situations where I really enjoy the throwback weekend. I see some of the paint schemes and I'm like, that's really well done. Or, you know, honoring, you know, taking the chance to honor some of the legends. I think it was, it was a good time to have the NASCAR 75. Um, there's things like that. Then there's times where I'm just like, this is so dumb. What? Like, like some paint scheme that's like completely, nobody knows what this is. I'm sure like the team had to go back and like photo archives, like not even anybody on the team knew what it was. They're like thrown back to some random, like, I, I just, w w I don't get that. Um, so some of it, you're just like, this is too much, it, but some of it I, I enjoy. So I think there's definitely room for a throwback weekend. Um, I don't know. I, I think the problem is at times there's only so many paint schemes to throw it back to that people know. Cause yeah. a lot of the old, older paint schemes were around for a decade or something or, or more. So when you're trying to throw it back, everybody's already thrown to that back to that paint scheme multiple times. And some people are throwing it back 
multiple times in the same race on the same weekend, um, <laughs> you know, you're just like, all right, yeah, we don't need like five of this one car or something, but yeah, I mean, I like it. People seem to enjoy it. So I, I do think again, like I, I kind of wish it had been on the Southern 500, but if you're not going to do that, I think the all-star race would have been a nice, the all-star race would have been a perfect throwback weekend this mm-hmm. year with North Wilkesboro. Yeah. But of course I'm sure, you know, NASCAR is not just going to give up what is there under their umbrella to yeah. SMI and just be like, here you guys go. We didn't need well, this for Darlington. Yeah. I will also say this too. If I'm a sponsor, that also race is probably going to have a little bit more attention than this Darlington race. I'm maybe a little bit less inclined to say, yeah, I'm willing to kind of forego my usual customary colors to, to go with this paint scheme. So I agree. I think this weekend is the right week. I mean, I perfect world Southern 500 is it, but with the playoffs starting there, it's just not going to happen. I, I do think it's a cool thing here, and I think they do a really good job of honoring everybody. So, I mean, I like, like what do you think of like when art when you see RCR says okay, and they did as sort of at least their announcement. I thought that was funny. That that made me chuckle. Like, but ultimately they're like, hey, yeah. we don't have a throwback. We're not throwing. Yeah. We're not going to do this. We're not participating. Yeah, right. and we're going to throw it, it back it, to. Fedora. And that's fine. Like, but I, and, okay. and that's to each their own. Like, do I wish they would have? Absolutely, because I think that team is. I mean, historical team, right? They, if anybody has schemes to go through and pick from, it, it's them. But the fact that the vast majority of the crowd, I think there was only what, like six, seven, somewhere like that, did cars didn't do it. Like, I think it's cool. I think it's cool they embrace. And like, this is kind of a little bit of a role reversal here. Like, I think it's cool. Like, you got like a guy like Corey LaJoy who's throwing it back to his grandfather with a paint scheme that nobody really knows. No, I think that was cool. I thought that was cool. That was neat. But no one knows it. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, but if it's a family, if it's a family yeah. uh, thing. So I just, I, I like it. I think it's a cool thing. It's a once a time thing. And I will say it helps give this race an identity that it doesn't otherwise have. Like, otherwise it's just, oh, you're going to Darlington in the spring, which is fine. Darlington's great. Wonderful. But at least it gives us something like you can, oh, that's a throwback weekend. Yeah, that's cool. So are so, you off I the like train that. that Darlington doesn't need two races? You think Darlington does need two races? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, if we're being honest, like in a perfect world, like Darlington's one race for me, like you make this one race, you know, it's kind of like golf, right? Like you go to Augusta once a year and you're like, oh, that's the math. It's special. And it's again, it's cheesy, but you be like, oh man, we go to Darlington for the Southern 500 every Labor Day. That's our one chance. And it's like, that's it. And I will say it heightens it too, because then if you're a driver and a team, you're like, we want to win at Darlington. We only get one crack at it. Like, you know, and I think that adds even more importance to a race that is already a major. So I am, I also think it helps with attendance and everything else. And so, yeah, I am as much as I like Darlington, there aren't many, I'll say this, even as much as I like Kansas and Kansas is great right now. Like I think Kansas is a one, is a one date track. I just, I really do. I, I think most tracks with the exception of a Martinsville, Bristol, Daytona, Talladega, you know, maybe one or two others that I'm leaving out. Are are everything else is one date? Yeah, it's I I think in an ideal world, uh, you find enough markets to go to that you spread it out. Yeah, um, and also it's you know it, it sort of hits home um, being out on this island here in Colorado, right? Again, like Kansas Kansas Speedway, I guess is, is eight and a half hour drive or whatever it is from here, and that's that's the nearest track, right? So you know you're you're experiencing this throughout this, this, these last three weeks, right? You've got Darlington, which is probably what an hour and a half from your apartment. Yep. Um, North Wilkesboro next week is going to be hour and a half, hour and a half. And then the next week after that, Charlotte. 
So Twelve minutes. <laughs> three weeks in a row, it's within an hour and a half radius yeah. of Charlotte. Um, where again, out here, big city, big sports town, we got nothing, right? Pacific Northwest, they got an Xfinity race. Okay, I guess that's something. But there's a lot of areas of the country where you'd be like, dang, can we get one? Um, so sure. when you're dipping into these markets, and you know, it's not like, it's not like these three races that you're around the Charlotte area, the only races <laughs> this year. I mean, you've got, like you said, two Darlington races, two Martinsville races, two Charlotte races, two Bristol races. Um, Richmond is drivable. Atlanta's drivable. Uh, they're both four hours or four and a half hours, Ooh. whatever it is. Um, you know, it's, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. Uh, and I get that's the, the traditional area, but it would be nice to, again, in an ideal world and that's right it out. Yeah. But then it's, you're probably looking at more street courses or stuff like that. That's cause again, where are you going to, you know, Dustin long wrote uh, an article last week on NBC sports.com about in his, in his Friday five about, Hey, like what if they raced around the, the Broncos, stadium parking lot like they did for the dolphins. But I, I, it's not, it's not doable here in Denver. Like, I mean, it's just not, there's not enough space for it. So, um, yeah, like where, where, where do you go? They've, they've gotten rid of Pike's peak and that's far anyway. So, you know, play again, it's, you know, do you want a bunch of street races? That's how you'd really spread it out. I don't want that. So therefore you want stadium races. I mean, that's the other, no, I don't think, no, I, I think, yeah. So you're yeah, kind of, so that's why you, that's why you're going to multiple. That's why you're going to Kansas twice. That's going to Darlington twice. It's, it's almost like those are placeholders for some day to be able to say, all right, Oh, look at this new option that we figured out or this new track, or, uh, we've revitalized this, or we're going to go to Iowa now or whatever it is. Bring back Iowa, by the way. Yeah. I've never, I've never been there. So I, I can't oh, speak to that, but great track. Great yeah. track. I mean, Medanese needs some work, but again, at, at this point, and we, it doesn't matter as much. Like, you want to talk about a, a track that deserves a date and is under a NASCAR umbrella. That's that is. And that checks the box, by the way, of a market that deserves it. And, you know, you could easily shift a Kansas race there. And then all of a sudden, guess what? One more short track on the schedule. And I think that, you know, it's just there's all sorts of things you can do. It's going to be interesting to see. But it goes back to the discussion we had. Like, you're not building new racetracks. You really aren't. Like, that's. And so how do you go into these markets if you're not building new racetracks, like you've got to find new and inventive ways, which is street courses or stadium shows. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's going to be an appetite for street courses too much. I think you can maybe get away with one a year. Um, stadium courses or stadium tracks are, they're, they're challenging. So it's going to be interesting to see what you do. I, you know, we'll, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. All right. Well, we'll talk about this more. Jordan's birthday party. Yes. Uh, can't wait. <laughs> I'm not a guy. I hate my birthday. I don't even like celebrating, but I get to hang out with you. So I'm excited. What about our listeners? I thought you're going to be excited about hanging out with our listeners. I will be shocked if anybody actually wants to hang out with us. Oh, please. They're all, they're all going to be, you know, bringing their sport coats and trying to dress fancy like you will and all that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Well, uh, listen, everybody, thanks so much, uh, of course, for tuning in um hopefully we didn't just ramble this one away but um, <laughs> we always do we always do all right <laughs> everybody thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you next time on the teardown